four. Brady with a play fake to Michelle. Stands to the pocket. Bouncing right. Sliding back left. Directing traffic. A lot of time to launch a long hierarchy pass to the end zone. Caught by Gordon in the right side of the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. So sexy. Flash Gordon. Number 500. Things like that, milestones and so forth. It's, there's so many people that contribute. I just think of all the people that have really worked hard and quarterback doesn't throw him to himself. He needs people to catch him and block and defenses make plays. No quarterback I'd rather have than Tom Brady. So he does a great job. Week in, week out, year in, year out. All the situations. I mean, he's, he's a great job. Oh, Bill Belichick sounding as excited as ever. 500 for Tommy. Terrific. How about that? Welcome to TSN Four Downs. Canadian Thanksgiving edition. Happy Thanksgiving weekend, everybody. Andy McNamara with you. Here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN and the number four downs and on Instagram at AndyMC Sports. Boy, got a big show. Big show. You'll be giving thanks when it comes to the fantasy football side of things because I got the big dog, friend of show. He returns. Michael Fabiano from the NFL Network, their terrific fantasy football analyst. He'll be coming up in about 10 minutes' time. Then, because we're... We're officially into the second quarter of the season. First four weeks, can't believe it's already done. But I wanted to get a review of the NFC North because, wow, that division, from when we look back to training camp to where it is now, is totally upside down. The Bears are in first. The Vikings' defense that we thought was going to be great, they're under 500. The Packers' Aaron Rodgers is has that bum knee. Like There is so much to talk about. And what to expect the rest of the year. So I'm going to my guy, Ty Schulter, from the Athletic Detroit. He's going to stop by in about a half hour to give us his review so far on the Lions and the whole NFC North looking forward. We're also going to have hashtag AskAndy. You guys have been hitting me up real good on Twitter at AndyMC81. Still time to send your fantasy football questions. Hashtag AskAndy. We're also going to get to our big three picks near the end of the show. And I got a really cool DraftKings contest for you as well. Got the contest link pinned at AndyMC81 right now. But you know what? There is so much to get to. Let's get to the news and notes. First down. For three and out, and it is Drew Brees. So we heard Tom Brady, the 500th touchdown of his career. Well, Drew Brees is just 201 yards away from jumping past both Brett Favre and Peyton Manning to become the all-time NFL passing yards leader. He's got to pass the 71,940 mark. Well, that's soon to be incredible feat. Where does Breeze rank all time? Let's hear from Sports Illustrated's Jonathan Jones as he breaks it down. I think you have to put him in the top 10. Uh, and I think he's lower in the top 10, right? I mean, you got to look at a United, a Montana, uh, a Marino. You got Manning, Brady, Favre, Elway. And so now we're at number eight. Uh, and I think that Breeze is somewhere in that 8, 9, 10 range. And I think it's really difficult to argue uh, with with keeping him uh, or putting him outside of the top 10. I don't think you can argue that. And so uh, you have, it speaks to his longevity, 18 years in the NFL. He could he very likely is going to reach 20. Uh, the, really, the only thing that he doesn't have, uh, you know, is a lot of MVP votes. Certainly doesn't have an MVP, but he doesn't have a lot of votes there. Uh, we know how finicky those can be depending on the year. But look. It wasn't a decade ago that Marino had the only 5,000-yard passing season in NFL history. And now Breeze owns, what is it, five of the nine? Um, it's, it's been amazing what he's been able to do, how consistent he has been over time, really since uh, 2004 when he won that Comeback Player of the Year award after a terrible 2003 season. 
how consistent he's been for almost two decades. It, you have to take that into account when you talk about his greatness. It's not just about what he does every season, uh, but it's the fact that he has done this for almost two decades that makes him a top 10 quarterback in NFL history. Yeah, you can't argue with that. right? He's got the Super Bowl. That really would have been the, the, the big question mark if he didn't have the Super Bowl. But he does. Got to take into account the longevity. And I also account for his size. For a guy who's just a shade over six feet to be able to last and not be beat up and stay relatively healthy for that long is absolutely incredible. I want to get to a quick tweet here. Our guy at Peterman75 uh, uh, tweeted me at AndyMC81 and said, Gotta love the family favorites at Cineplex Movies when your wife does you a solid and gives you a free morning to listen to at AndyMC81 and at TSN4Downs on TSN1050 Radio. Glad to have you on board, Peter. There you go, baby. There you go. That's what we like. Let's move on. Second down. Okay, so last Sunday, the talk was whether we were finally going to see the demise of the Patriots, the end of the Belichick-Brady era because of the team's bad start. Well, they put that major beat down on Miami. Then Thursday came around. They controlled the Colts to another victory. Now they're 3-2. and The question is if New England is now back in their usual dominant role. TSN's Jabari Greer weighs in. I think the jury's still out, and this is the reason why I say that is, is this. Um, the defense played well over the last two weeks, and that's been the issue. You know, now that they have Julian Edelman and the offense is clicking in all cylinders, Ron Gronkowski and now Josh Gordon and, and James White, Tom Brady's playing amazing. They have the offense, but the defense over the last two weeks have been able to keep their opponents to low-scoring games, except tonight, which which were we saw uh, Indianapolis trying to get this this makeup these makeup uh, uh, points. But what we see lately is that they are able to create turnovers. They're able to go out there and rush the quarterback. And that's going to be the key for New England is that defense. We know the offense, you can pop just about anybody in, and Tom Brady will make them look great. But the defense, if they can really hit their stride and keep that quarterback pressure going, then, yeah, the Patriots are back. Okay, moving on. Third down. Well, it came out earlier in the week that it looks like Le'Veon Bell plans to return to the Steelers during the team's bye in Week 7. But Pittsburgh offensive linemen, they've already spoken out about their displeasure on what's seen as selfish actions by Bell when the team needs him. Pardon the interruptions. Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon discuss if the Steelers should welcome Bell back. No, no, they should not welcome him back. If he said, I'm coming back today after week four for game five, then you put your arms out and you welcome him back. What he is saying is, I'll see you down the it's road. Calculated. When it when it's when Benefits it's beneficial me. to me yeah. in week seven or week eight, when your season may be done, then I'm going to come back. There's already animosity towards him on the part of the linemen. This is only about him. Those guys who are there, who are getting slapped in the face by this yeah, comment, yeah. they're working for each other, yeah. and he's working for him. Tony, you know what? As bad as it has turned out... They should out, trade him. Well, I'll get to that. Trade him. As badly as it's turned out for the Oakland Raiders to trade Khalil Mack, at least they got a pick, right? They got a couple of I picks in I thought they got two. Okay, so, they, they, got, two. Got, so they got something they can turn into human resources. So the Steelers should trade him. What are they doing? I agree with you. Either this. get him in or deal him now. He has already clearly moved on from Pittsburgh. He is worried about next year's contract, wherever that is going to be. You're on this team. What is their record now? One, two, and one? one, two and one. I mean, they're, they're in danger going down the bowl. And he's saying, you know what? It behooves me. I'll show up. 
Listen, ultimately, we can all sit here and say what might be right or wrong, but it all comes down to where the Steelers are entering that bye week. If they lose the next two and the playoffs look doubtful, then we'll see, I think, more animosity and a less welcoming environment for Bell. But if they are in the thick of a playoff race, Bell helps them. Bell makes them better. And in that scenario, no doubt he'll be welcome back. There's no doubt because he'll help them win. That's what it's all about. Okay, let's punt to the poll question here. And as we enter the second quarter of the NFL season, what's been the biggest surprise over the first four weeks? You can vote at TSN4Downs, TSN and the number 4Downs, on Twitter at AndyMC81. So, what's been the biggest surprise over the first four weeks of the NFL season? Is it Pat Mahomes leading the NFL in touchdowns? Or the Patriots not being in first place? That's shocking. The Raiders trade for Khalil Mack. that oh, They trade Khalil Mack to the Bears. That, Shocking. Vikings under 500, who looked like they were supposed to be Super Bowl contenders. Still could be, but 1-2-1, and one, certainly not the start. And that defense getting shredded. So what's been the biggest surprise? Mahomes leading the NFL in touchdowns. Patriots not in first place. Raiders trade Khalil Mack to the Bears. Or Vikings under 500. This, this is, there's so many good options with this. I think, to me, the biggest surprise, it, it has to be the Raiders trading Khalil Mack. Because uh, common sense, you just... You couldn't have fathomed that that would have happened, even with the holdout, even with Gruden being stubborn. You'd think when you had a franchise pass rusher who's already been to the Pro Bowl, who's not in his prime, you'd think you'd figure it out. Not John Gruden, not the Raiders. So that is my vote. Mahomes leads the NFL in touchdowns, is in first place so far at 46%. Vikings under 500 at 26 Then the Cleo Mack trade, then Patriots not in first place. But man... I, 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 I'm still sticking with uh, Khalil Mack, but Mahomes leading the NFL in touchdowns? <sighs> Let's go back behind the glass here, guys. You want to vote in here on the, the poll question, your biggest surprise of the season? Producer Sean Lavery, Sean? I'm going to go with the majority here and, and vote Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we all thought he would be good, but I don't think we expected him to be the best quarterback no. through the first quarter of the season. Uh, special shout-out to John Gruden, who keeps talking about Khalil Mack, though. I, I love that. I he keeps saying we need a pass rush. Ah. Dude, you had one with Khalil Mack, and yes. now he's gone. So I love that option, too. So you'll go with Mahomes, and yeah, the guy's been a sensation. This this will be the test for Pat Mahomes this week. Now, he overcame the Denver defense, not what it used to be, but still a test. And what I liked was the D held him in check for three quarters, then he busted loose in the fourth. That's what the great quarterbacks do. You bust through when your team needs you in the fourth quarter. Now this Jags defense. We know Jalen Ramsey's been talking so much trash to Tyree Kill. Okay? If Pat Mahomes shreds, I'll give you this. If he gets... 28 points or more on that Jaguars D. I don't think there's any stopping this guy, man. Because you know they are going to be primed to shut him down. To shut him down. Arad, you're back from vacation, buddy. How are you voting on this poll? How are you doing? First of all, good to be back. Yes, My man. favorite show on the station. Yeah, there you go. Oh, buddy. yeah. There you go. But I got to go with the Vikings. I mean, yeah. everybody thought this team is a Super Bowl contender. They check every box, defense, quarterback, running game, head coach. It's all there, but for some reason, it's just not all coming together. Some of that is strength of schedule, I would say. But I'm still very, very surprised that they're not one of the best teams in the league. And that the Bears are in first? Yeah. Yeah, like the Vikings under 500 has to be right there. You can make an argument for any of these being the biggest surprise. And especially that defense. Like, I know the Rams are loaded, but man... And then the Bills beat them in that shocker, right? Like, there's just, there's something missing. And that NFC North division is wide open. I'm going to be chatting with Ty Schulter to go over the NFC North in a few minutes' time.
But after the break, the big dog, Michael Fabiano from the NFL Network Fantasy Football Talk. Get your questions in using hashtag AskAndy on Twitter at AndyMC81. We'll get some in for Fabs. Michael Fabiano next here on TSN 4 Downs. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back to TSN 4 Downs Thanksgiving edition. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Andy McNamara with you at AndyMC81 on Twitter, at AndyMCSports on Instagram, the show on Twitter, at TSN and the number 4 Downs. We are delivered by Domino's. Go grab yourself a loaded medium feast pizza with fresh toppings for just $10.99. Why not add on some irresistible marble cookie brownies for dessert? Check all the great carryout and delivery deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. All right, let's get to the man, NFL Network, friend of show, fantasy football guru. It is Michael Fabiano. Well, Michael, one of the biggest storylines in fantasy football heading into week five, Mark Ingram returns to the Saints lineup. We knew this day would come. It's here. It's Monday night against Washington. I've been getting asked this question. I'm sure you've been bombarded with it. One, what do we expect from Ingram in this game and then moving forward? And two, should we be worried about what this means for Alvin Kamara? Well, to answer your first question, I would be playing him and... This is a player who, listen, he's got a whole lot of experience in this offense, and it's not like he needs to come back and they're going to put him on some sort of pitch count. I believe he will see his full complement of touches in this contest. And at worst, he's a flex starter, at worst, especially in a home game uh, in what could be a high-scoring affair. Now, with Alvin Kamara, you're going to lose some goal line opportunities. I mean, there's no question about that. But these two players were so good at the same time being on the same field last season that I wouldn't expect a major drop-off from Kamara. I mean, it's not like you're thinking about whether or not to start or sit this person. He's one of the most electric players in the National Football League. So will he potentially lose some of those goal line opportunities? Yes. But look at the numbers. This has been more of a pass-catching running back than a running back who is getting a ton of carries. So he's still going to be that pass-catcher. Mark Ingram's going to come in. He's going to be that hammer. And I still think you're going to be able to start both of these players with the utmost confidence moving forward. The one player that I want to watch, though, is Drew Brees, because Brees has been very productive so far this season without Ingram. You bring him into the mix, he factors into the offense. Does Drew Brees become sort of eh, Drew Brees like he was last season? Because if you remember, a lot of people who had Drew Brees on their rosters, and I did, he was not very respectable in terms of his fantasy production. It was very inconsistent, and he was a major disappointment. So I'm really interested to see if his pass attempts go down and his fantasy points go down once Ingram is back in that offense. That's a great point because the offense didn't have to rely on Drew Brees for popping up 400-yard games. We, we know he could, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. he didn't have to. And, yeah, like you said, this isn't a new situation. Those two coexisted and thrived together last year. So I'm yep. totally with you there. Uh, now we look to the Bengals' backfield, and 
Well, Joe Mixon set to return. Giovanni Bernard now out two to four weeks. Um, as far as when we look at what to, to think of, of Cincinnati going forward, and just your overall thoughts of Joe Mixon as a back and going forward. Has he, before he was injured, was he living up to expectations, exceeding expectations for you? Well, that first week he was unreal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then, uh, of course, he, he ended up getting hurt. But, it looked like he was on a path to being a breakout player, which is what I had projected in the preseason for him. Really loved him. Uh, in fact, I drafted him in the second round in a couple of my leagues, so I'm happy to have him back. And it's it, it's bad that Gio's out. Obviously, you never want to see a guy miss any time with injuries, but anyone who has Mixon who was potentially worried about a backfield committee because Gio played so well in Mixon's absence, well, that's clearly not going to happen with Mark Walton and with Gio out. He's barely rosterable uh, in most fantasy leagues, and he ends up being a good handcuff for Mixon once he comes back. But Mixon should see the full complement, and I would put him right back in my starting lineup. And, Michael, what about the tight end position? Like, we're – oh, this is – this is push, push the panic button. Olsen – Dude, it's so oh. bad. Yeah. Man, like Ingram's out. Like people are just telling me, like, hey, Greg Olson, uh, we saw him in Chelsea, might come back real soon. Like, pick him up. It's just a disaster. If you are stuck with one of those guys, is there somebody that jumps out waiver wire or under the radar? Like, we've talked a couple of them, a couple of them on the show already, but it just seems like mm-hmm. a whole lot of crossing your fingers. Vance McDonald is the first guy that yeah. comes to mind that could potentially be available on the waiver wire in what could be a very high-scoring game and should be a very high-scoring game against Atlanta. Austin Hooper in that same game, Steelers struggle against tight ends. Uh, C.J. Uzuma, who's going to be replacing Tyler Eifert in Cincinnati, is someone you can potentially pick up. Ricky Seals-Jones has got a good matchup against the 49ers. Even Jeff Swaim. Okay, Jeff Swaim. If you don't know who Jeff Swaim is, look at the Dallas Cowboys roster. He's their number one tight end. In fact, and this is a shock, he actually leads all Cowboys receivers in routes run this year. Really? Like, and I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm like, oh, my God, I miss Jason <laughs> Witten and Des Bryant. But, I mean, that's sort of where we're at. And against Houston, he's a streamable option. And this is where we're at right now at the tight end position. I've been doing this for, like, 20 years. I've never seen a position so thin. Oh. Than I have this season at tight end. Yeah. And, and Michael, I'm getting questions on the, the Baltimore Ravens tight end situation. Hayden Hurst might be coming back, but they have, I've, I've never seen a committee like the Ravens have had at tight ends. Like Max Williams, two other guys, like it just seems like they're just popping everybody out there. Do you touch any of the Ravens guys? It just seems so up in the air as far as you, there's not one guy. 100% agree. Now, I believe if you own a Ravens tight end, it should be Hayden Hurst. But, I mean, look at the snap counts. You know, Nick Boyle is 61%. Max Williams is right around 50 Mark Andrews is at 35 yeah. But it's, it's a tight end by committee. And if we knew that Hayden Hurst was going to be the guy who's going to see the snaps and the targets, well, then he's certainly worth a pickup off the waiver wire. But this is a rookie who's coming in first game, and I would fade him at this point. Maybe he's worth a pickup, but... If the Ravens are going to keep rotating tight ends like this, it's going to be very hard to trust any one of these four players. Yeah, not interested. In conversation with NFL Network fantasy football analyst Michael Fabiano on Twitter at Michael underscore Fabiano. Okay, Fab's got a couple of Twitter questions for you here, three that we'll get to. So this is from team name Down Wit Mahomes. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Says, hey guys, love the show. What should I do for my RB2 this week in PPR? Alex Collins. Jay Ajayi, or a flyer on Jags running back Corey Grant? 
Yeah, I wouldn't go with the flyer. I'd probably go Jay Ajayi, although I don't love the matchup. Uh, Colin's a little bit banged up, and he's losing opportunities to Buck Allen, especially near the goal line, and that's a concern for me. And Jay Ajayi is going to see the touches in an Eagles backfield that's been pretty banged up. Matchup isn't great. Vikings defense isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. No. <laughs> uh, I'm still going with Jay Ajayi, just based on volume. Yeah, and those Collins, the ball security issues, those could always hurt you as well. Uh, yep. This one from Gare Bear says, PPR League, need a flex out of these players. Jarvis Landry, Emmanuel Sanders, or Geronimo Allison? Jarvis Landry. Now keep tabs on his status. He's been a little bit banged up. I think he's going to be fine. Landry would be the play for me. If you look at the numbers, uh, the Ravens, they they can be had by slot receivers. So Landry, who is going to see a ton of targets from Baker Mayfield, is the best play there. Yeah, and I I agree with you on that one. It's like Emmanuel Sanders started real hot and has – trailed a little bit and especially you got to look at the quarterback right who's throwing him the ball case keenum i do i actually like sanders this week because the jets have been getting gashed uh by slot receivers like i actually have demarius thomas as my sit of the week at wide receiver and emmanuel sanders as my start of the week because thomas has got a much tougher matchup uh against the jets corners than sanders does uh buster screen has not been lights out as a as a slot corner let's just put it that way so i do like sanders i just like jarvis landry more what about cooper cup off of that mega guy a week <laughs> i know man. i mean like the, the rams like this offense is ridiculous oh. there's there's and i don't think there's a, a such thing as a must-start quarterback anymore but jared goff is a top 10 quarterback he's i mean right he's there. he's at the reins of the best offense in the league. It's the best offense they've had uh, for the Rams since the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce and Marshall Falk way back when. But every single one of their wide receivers, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, all startable assets. Todd Gurley, duh, no-brainer, startable asset. Uh, and, I mean, golf. And you may look at the matchup and think, oh, in Seattle – Hey, the Legion of Boom ain't there no more. Nope. Seahawks defense is much different, and the Rams have proven to be very matchup proof. So, Goff is someone who, believe it or not, was only started in 25% of leagues on NFL.com last week. Jeez. Needs to be in your starting lineup this week. Now, if you start Jared Goff over Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, uh, Ben Roethlisberger this week, you know Cam Newton, and then you tweet me and say you told me it was a must start, <laughs> I'm gonna say. You didn't listen. There's no such thing as a must-start quarterback, but Jared Goff is very good right now. Exactly, exactly. And one more Twitter question from you at, for you, at Philski, and he didn't say if it was a PPR or standard or whatever, but he said, should I start Aguilar or Keenan Cole? You know what? I really like Keelan Cole this week, and Aguilar is a, a nice under-the-radar play, I guess, if there is a such thing with Nelson Aguilar, because now people are down on him because uh, Alshon Jeffrey is back. But Keelan Cole runs most of his routes out, split out wide. And that is where, if you look at the numbers, the Chiefs, well, their defense struggles against everybody, but they especially struggle against wide receivers who are slotted out wide. So Cole would be the guy that I like. Last week it was D.D. Westbrook because of the slot situation going up against the Jets. This week I think the best play is Keelan Cole. And remember, Blake Bortles is averaging like 20 points a game in games where Leonard Fournette is out. And Leonard Fournette is out, which means they're going to lean on the pass a little bit more. Good matchup. Could be a high-scoring game at Arrowhead Stadium. So uh, I do like Cole this week. I like TJ Yeldon. I like Blake Bortles as well. Michael, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much for taking the time. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Go easy. Take care.
There he goes, Michael Fabiano from NFL Network, terrific fantasy football analyst, and obviously a must-follow for all your fantasy football needs on Twitter, at Michael underscore Fabiano. After the break, we're going to take a swing around the entire NFC North. To me, one of the more interesting divisions in football through the first quarter of the season. It was supposed to be the Vikings dominant Aaron Rodgers back. He's, his knees banged up. The Vikings are under 500. The Bears are in first. And the lines still stink. But we'll talk to Ty Schulter from the Athletic Detroit next and get a feel moving forward for the NFC North. That is next here on TSN 4 Downs. TSN 4 Downs rolls along here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Happy Thanksgiving weekend, everybody. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81, the show at TSN4Downs. Don't forget, we are delivered by Domino's. Forget the turkey this weekend. Give mom a break. How about you go get yourself some Domino's? Grab a loaded medium feast pizza with fresh toppings for just $10.99. Side dishes, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals at Domino's.ca. Teased it earlier in the show. Man, this NFC North is all over the place. The Vikings are under 500. Green Bay's not what they would be with a banged-up Aaron Rodgers. The Bears are in first place. The Lions, yeah, maybe we saw that that coming in last place. But let's bring in my next guest from the Athletic Detroit, Ty Schalter. Ty, how's it going, buddy? It's going great, Andy. Thanks for having me back on. Oh, any time. Listen, I want to get your vote on our poll question here. We have it up at TSN 4 Downs, and it's... Now that we're in the second quarter of the season, entering the second quarter, what's been the biggest surprise to you over the first four weeks? So the options I put was Mahomes leads the NFL in touchdowns, Patriots not in first place, the Raiders trade Khalil Mack to the Bears, or the Vikings are under 500. Out of those, what's the biggest surprise to you? Definitely the Khalil Mack trade. Yeah. I mean, if you're a general manager and you draft a kid out of Buffalo, number eight overall, and turn him into an all-pro. Like, that's, that's, that's the crown jewel. Like, that's yes. what you, I mean, that's, that's the thing that you pin your career on, you know? Like, that's, you're <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, I took this kid out of the Mac, and now, now he's the most terrifying defensive player in the league. And to, to trade him away for Magic Beans, you know, I don't even know what's going on with the John Gruden thing, the weird power play. All that dynamic is just bizarre to me, but that is absolutely hustling backwards. You can see just about any of the rest of this stuff happening. Certainly the Vikings, you know, um, there was at least warning bells around them that, you know, eh, like, you know, they're stacked everywhere. So as long as the quarterback position goes magically, I, as I said, I think to you and to just about everybody else, Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Case Keenum, right. but he could play better than Case Keenum and not give the Vikings as much production from the quarterback position. When you look statistically yeah. at how he played and where those points came out, you know the odds that Kirk Cousins is going to step in with an offensive system change and everything else and be as good or better than Case Keenum was, you know, low-key MVP candidate last year. Right. Well, we're pretty slow. I, I, I still thought they'd be better than this, and certainly defensively their struggles um, you wouldn't have anticipated, but that's not nearly as big a surprise as the Raiders tanking right before they moved to Las oh. Vegas. Oh, yeah. And, and Ty, we played on the, the show, the news, the Khalil Mack trade broke just before we went to air a few weeks back. And so we played, like, I thought this is, like, the perfect example of the Peter Griffin Family Guy episode where it's like, Okay, you can have the boat, or you can have the mystery box. I said, well, there could be anything in there. There could even be a boat. And that's like what John Gruden is doing with the two first-round picks. Hey, those first-round picks could be anything. It could be a pass rusher. Yeah. You got a pass rusher. 
What are you doing? Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> People are still shaking their head. And then the fact that he's still like, tough to find a pass rusher. It's like, yeah, John. That's why you don't trade one who's not even in his prime yet. Anyway. Let's move on before anyway. our head before our heads explode trying to figure out what the heck John Gruen is doing in Oakland. But let's let's go to the Lions. You write, of course, for the Athletic Detroit. Do a great job there, Ty. And they are playing the Green Bay Packers. Boy, what a key divisional matchup. You got the Pack at 2-1-1. One, one. The Lions, their one win coming in shocking fashion against the Patriots. The Lions could still stay in this thing if they upset the Pack at home. What, let's start with your, your Detroit Lions here. The offense I still like. Uh, as far as the passing game, the running game looks like it might be coming along. Where is this team still not hitting? Great question, and certainly up front defensively, they've struggled. Zayanta again out this week. He's the only guy yeah. who's you know talent really scares you. He's the only guy you have to account for on that front seven. They've gotten some okay run stuffing contributions from guys like Ricky Jean Francois, Sylvester Williams. Uh, you know, but this is not a team that's playing well as a team up front defensively. Um, you know, they have some, some athletic guys, those linebackers. Uh, you know, Jared Davis has really started to blossom in terms of the places that he can get to on the field using his athleticism. Still not an awesome tackler and still kind of a liability in coverage. Um, and that's the same for some of these guys. You know, they're, they're picking up guys like Eli Harold off the street and, you know, just throwing them at the quarterback and hoping they can get enough bodies up the gap to get pressure. So that's a big question. And then the secondary... It's not like they've played poorly, but last year this is a team that was number three in the league in turnover margin because hmm. of the takeaways they were getting. Darius Slay, Glover Quinn, over and over and over, two, three, four picks a game. That hasn't been the case this year. And the swing from third in the league in turnover margin to 24th is obviously enormous. Um, and when you're not flipping the field, not putting Matthew Stafford in great situations, uh, then that makes it that much harder for the offense to come through. Right, and what about Matt Patricia, that culture change? We heard it all through the preseason training camp. It's like, eh, maybe people not totally buying in with him coming in with the, the Belichickian ways and not, you know, obviously having the head coach rings and 100%. swag that Belichick had. How has, has, have people started to buy in through the first quarter of the season, or is he still up in the air? Great question, and, you know, that's what, when you talk about changing the culture, you know, you can't change the culture and say 9-7 and seven isn't good enough without yeah. upsetting a yeah. few apple carts. Like if, you, if you're not ruffling some veteran feathers, then you're not changing the culture. You know, you're not raising the bar. So that was always to be expected. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, I, I've said, I was saying all offseason, you get the vibe around this team that they're going to need one more full offseason with Patricia in the building, let some of the people who aren't into it go, and bring in some more people who do want to be there. They can all be, to, you know, all be pulling in the same direction because that was what we were sold on the Bob Quinn Matt Patricia yeah. project is that they work hand in glove. They see football the same way. They like the same types of players in the same position. So, um, you know, th- it's going to be all over the map. You know, you're going to get blown out by the Jets. You're going to beat the Patriots. There's going to be a lot of other things going on. Pretty much any result is in play. And again, like you said this weekend against the Packers, you can foresee just about any possible outcome, especially with a banked up Aaron Rodgers and, you know, no wide receivers for Green Bay. Hmm. That maybe gives an opportunity for the secondary to get back on track. Yeah, Geronimo Allison has been a nice under-the-radar guy. He's been banged up for the Packers. What about the Bears? 
Uh, you're like, listen, I don't think anyone's buying that Mitchell Trubisky in that offense is going to have that type of output like they did the other week. But you have an offensive coach in Matt Nagy coming over from Kansas City. Do you think we've seen maybe the, the switch flipped for Chicago in that, all right, maybe now Mitch Trubisky is ready to take that step in that entire offense. And then, of course, you got the big guy, Khalil Mack, on D. Yeah, well, I was really kind of looking at the Bears and thinking, you know, they could pretty easily leapfrog the Lions, mm-hmm. given the way the defense plays. And, of course, the classic sentence that begins, if Mitchell Trubisky can take a step forward, like that was always <laughs> going to be yes. the key for this season. That was the difference between, you know, uh, being, you know, challenging for eight, nine, ten wins and being a really interesting five or six win team with a great defense. And so when Trubisky steps forward, they look unbeatable. And I really thought they had a chance to leapfrog a couple of teams if that came together. Then you add Khalil Mack, and wow, you know, right now they're top 10 in points and yards per play, both offense and defense. Um, Nobody was predicting that. I don't think anybody in Chicago was predicting that. Uh, You know, certainly there's going to be some regression. There's going to be some clunkers that this team hits. There's going to be some times when they're not going to be able to move the ball and Trubisky isn't working. But overall, this certainly looks like a team that's going to be in every single game it plays. Yeah, running game is solid there too. And of course, the Green Bay Packers, Ty, they'll go as Aaron Rodgers goes. And it's all about keeping that knee healthy bears on the bye and again we say packers against the uh, the lions there listen buddy always a pleasure thank you so much and people can find your work at the athletic detroit right absolutely and 538.com always on twitter at ty shelter awesome buddy thank you so much my pleasure all right there there he goes ty shelter from the athletic detroit on twitter at ty shelter i i I just think that that nfc north is going to be so so up in the air, at least at least going forward, because of the health of Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers' knee was fine, not a problem, right? You're like, okay, uh, but it's not. And if he's not 100% or goes down, Packers are done. You have Vikings-Eagles this week, and if the Vikings lose. Now, the Eagles, you have Carson Wentz still trying to work his way back and, and get into the rhythm uh, back from that knee injury. This, to me, if Philly's a three-point favorite. This is, all, this is about a pick to me. And uh, if the Vikings fall, then anything is possible. We're going to step aside and wrap up the show next with hashtag AskAndy. you got your fantasy football questions. You can get them into me now. Hashtag AskAndy on Twitter at AndyMC81. We'll get into my sleeper fantasy picks of the week. And our big three, the debut of our big three segment, our locks going into week five. That's next on TSN 4 Downs. To wrap up the week five edition of a TSN four downs here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMC Sports, and follow the show at TSN and the number four downs. And we're delivered by Domino's. Go grab a medium feast pizza loaded with fresh toppings, just $10.99. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals at Domino's.ca. That is Domino's.ca. You can also vote on our Twitter poll at TSN four downs. As we enter the second quarter of the season, what's been the biggest surprise over the first four weeks? Mahomes leads the NFL in touchdowns. Patriots not in first place. Raiders trade Khalil Mack to the Bears or the Vikings under 500. Mahomes leads the NFL in TDs, the leader in the clubhouse at 47% so far. 
But I, I promised at the beginning of the show, and every week I answer your fantasy football questions. Take a few here. If I don't get to them on the show, I'll do my best to answer them on Twitter at AndyMC81. It's time for... It's time for Ask Andy with TSN 4 Downs fantasy analyst Andy McNamara. You can join the conversation on Twitter and get your fantasy football questions answered by tweeting at AndyMC81 using the hashtag AskAndy. There you go. I kind of like the German techno vibe there, Shawnee. Producer Sean Lavery. That's, that's what that's I listen good. to on my way to the show. Gets me hyped up. <laughs> Gets you hyped up. Okay, what are, what are some fantasy football Ask Andy questions? Okay, hashtag Ask Andy. Our first question comes from at Mr. J. Stevens. Love the show. Thank you. Uh, this is a keeper league. In his keeper league, should he drop the Eagles defense and stash Texans running back Dante Freeman? Well, you look at this one, Sean, and the opportunity, it's certainly going to be there for Foreman. And Lamar Miller, he d- hasn't done anything as the lead back. Right in with Houston, Blue has been inconsistent his whole career. So you can always stream defenses and pick those up along the way, especially in a keeper league. I'm not too big on those, but as we know, it never hurts to have extra running backs with upside on your roster. So I say go with the stash. Our second question comes from Scott Fawcett. Hashtag Ask Andy. So Scott has to fill one running back and one flex spot. So he has Joe Mixon, the Bengals running back, TJ Yeldon, the Jags running back, Tevin Coleman, the Falcons running back, and he has two wide receivers, Tyler Boyd of the Bengals and Amari Cooper of the, of the uh, Raiders. Okay, let's start with the flex spot. 100% Bengals, Tyler Boyd here, okay, in the flex. He's Andy Dalton's true number two target, and in PPR formats especially, he's put up over 21 fantasy points in three straight weeks. He has a couple touchdowns over that stretch, too. So even if the Dolphins' secondary's been tough on Wilds, they'll also need to focus on A.J. Green, so that's naturally going to free some space up for Boyd. So I say Boyd for sure in the flex out of that. And in the running back spot, I got to go with Joe Mixon, right? So double Bengals here. I hate to do that, but double Bengals. So Joe Mixon, he's returning from a knee injury, was taken off the injury uh, report Friday. Giovanni Bernard is out, so the workhorse back load will be going to Joe Mixon. And before he went out week one, guy was a stud. He got leaner over the offseason. I usually wary a little bit. Guy's coming off injury, but he's going to get the work, so go, go with Mixon there. Our final question comes from at F-A-C-C-A-S-G. Hashtag Ask Andy. So pick one of these uh, three wide receivers. Uh, Golden Tate of the Lions, D.D. Westbrook of the Jags, or Stefan Diggs of the Vikings? This is interesting. Uh, in the Jags' offense, this is Keenan Cole's turn for a big week on the outside. So when you looked at, you can say, oh, well, D.D. Westbrook busted out last week. Well, he was in the slot, right? He's a slot guy, and the uh, the opponent lined up better for Westbrook. So I'm going to take Westbrook out, put Cole in. Westbrook could still ball out. It's a little inconsistent with that Jags offense, but I think Keenan Cole as an outside threat downfield against that outside coverage for the Chiefs, it's terrible. I think he's going to have a big opportunity. So I'm taking Westbrook out. I'd lean towards Diggs here against a Philly D that's given up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. So take away Tate, sit Westbrook. In that scenario, go with Diggs. And there you go. Hashtag Ask Andy. I know there's a bunch more on Twitter, and I'll try to get those uh, before Sunday kickoff to help you all out. So you can follow me at AndyMC81. Any other fantasy football questions, just use the hashtag. Makes it easier for me to find. Hashtag Ask Andy. New segment we're bringing in this year. It's a, a bit of a modified from, from past years. But we're going to give our locks of the week in... The Big Three. Yes, there you go. So, myself... Arad and Sean are going to give our locks of the week. And we're going to keep track. We're going to tweet them out. Okay? 
and we're going to go from there. So I'm going to begin my lock of the week, the Tennessee Titans into Buffalo against the Bills. Titans, five-and-a-half-point favorites. The Bills, I know they shocked the Vikings. Anything's possible in the world of football. That's why you play the games. I get it. But you look at what the Titans have been able to do. They're 3-1 and one now. They're starting, I believe, to come into their own heading into the second quarter of the season. Marcus Mariota's been stepping up. you got a running game that's, that's not, not great but good. Right, It's good enough to make defenses respect it. And Corey Davis has been a beast with the workload on the outside. Uh, Taewon Taylor, Tajik Sharp as well. There are some weapons there in Tennessee, even with Delaney Walker going down at tight end. I just don't. The Bills got their one win of the season. I don't think they're going to be getting too many more. So my lock of the week, I'll go with the Tennessee Titans. Let's go behind the glass. Producer Sean Lavery. Shawnee, what is your Lock of the week in the big three. My lock of the week is the Chargers minus five and a half over Oakland. Chargers are at home, and L.A. has the ninth best offense in terms of yards per game this season. Uh, Meanwhile, the Raiders are giving up the second most points per game at 30.8 points per game. So I'm going to take the Chargers to win by more than five and a half against Oakland. Yeah, I like that one, Sean, because seeing the Raiders against the Browns last week, yeah, they scored a lot of points, but they also had a lot scored against them. That defense... The front four was a little more aggressive than I thought they would be, but that D overall is still just quarterbacks being comfortable back there. And you saw a rookie in Baker Mayfield pick them apart. What's Phil Rivers going to do? You know, this dude loves to sling it, right? I think that's a great pick. So the Chargers are the lock of the week in the big three for Sean. Arad, who's your lock, buddy? Who'd you got? This one's a bit of a... This one's a bit of a leap, but okay. I'm going to go with the Seahawks Ooh. to cover the spread All right. against the Rams. Seahawks are great at home. Mm-hmm. Divisional matchup. Seven and a half points. Seven and a half points is a lot. I think it'll be like decided by probably just a field goal. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks to cover the spread at home. All right, I like that pick because... Everyone's going to be jumping on, well, the Rams dissected the Vikings and they can put up all those points. And the Seahawks defense isn't what it used to be. But I'm with you in that building, seven and a half. Like, the Rams will win, but seven over a touchdown, that's a lot. That's a, that, that's a good pick. Okay. Thank you. So we're going to tweet those out at TSN4Downs. Tell us what you think. What's your lock of the week? Tweet at TSN4Downs at AndyMC81. So there you go. We're going to keep track all season, keep some standings. And, uh, you know, see, see how you go. Maybe pop a couple bucks down. See how you do. I want to get to my sleepers here heading into the week. And you can do this on uh, DraftKings, DFS, your, your league, whatever. But specifically for this week. And you can find this uh, article on the DK Playbook on DraftKings.com. I have it tweeted out at AndyMC81. Quarterback play, I love Blake Bortles. And you can look. We've had good Blake and bad Blake alternating this year as far as production. So he's actually due for a stinker. The difference being against the Chiefs, he's going to have to throw. Because I still think the Chiefs, while maybe not putting up 40 points, are still going to be able to score against that Jags defense because they are just that good. What does that mean? Well, it means Blake Bortles is going to have to throw. Leonard Fournette is out. T.J. Yeldon just coming off the injury report. How much are they going to want to use him? you got a third stringer in Corey Grant. Blake Bortles is going to have to throw. I talked about Keenan Cole earlier. So I think for Blake Bortles, on your DFS play for DraftKings, is 5500 bucks. And if you need a quarterback, uh, he's going to be likely be there on your waiver wire. Uh, one more here. C.J. Uzuma. Anyone buying C.J. Uzuma? Tight end for the Bengals. Here's what people are, uh, uh, what I've been seeing, the, the trend. People going with Tyler Croft at tight end since Tyler Eifert went out last week with that broken ankle. So Croft, because it's, oh yeah, well last year Croft came in, he did okay. 
tight end position has been decimated with injuries. I'll go with Croft. No, don't go with Croft. Go with C.J. Uzuma. Why? Because he was sharing starting snaps with Eifert. That's what you have to look at. Croft was still the backup. Uzuma was on the field. Dude is 6'6", red zone monster with that radius, and he has very good hands. Hasn't been used a lot, but he is a beast. He's 265 pounds. That is just a gem for a corner, little toss in the end zone, red zone chain mover. And on your DraftKings lineup, he's 2900 bucks. And if you are stuck in your league season, he's going to be there on the waiver wire. He's still widely available. It's a bit of a risk, of course. Otherwise, it would be a sure thing, right? But CJ Uzuma, I think, out of the players available on your waiver wire, is going to be one of the better bets uh, for this week. You can you can dive in, try to dive into that one. Uh, one other one for Dallas. Keep your eye on him. I'm not recommending playing him this week, but if we're going deep diving here, get your scuba gear on here, boys. Cowboys, Jeff Swaim. Huh? Jeff Swain, keep an eye on him. Again, I'm not advocating playing him this week, but he's been getting a lot of snaps and more targets from Dak Prescott with the Cowboys. So keep an eye there. Also, you can go to my Twitter, at AndyMC81. Have a DraftKings contest up there. You can click on it. 100000 bucks to the first place. You just use promo code Andy if you're signing up. Go in. Go head-to-head. Let's have a lot of fun this weekend. Well, thank you so much to all of our guests. Have a very happy Thanksgiving, everybody. So for producer Sean Lavery and Aradis Vandy, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto and TSN 1150 Hamilton. Enjoy the games, folks.